Welcome to the Crossroads Community Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Well, if you have your Bibles, we're going to end up in John. John chapter 3, actually John chapter 4, the very beginning of John chapter 4. So whether you have a paperback or electronic, make sure you get there. We'll also have scriptures on the screen if you don't have the word with you. But the whole thing that I want to talk about actually is going to be going on through this month. Last week, we talked about this aspect of validation. We, we ended a series that we've been in for a long time, talking about misunderstanding. And we started talking about that Jesus, there are some things that Jesus validated. There are some things that what Jesus did was, was he approached, we talked about John the baptizer, and the reason why he got baptized was not for something that Jesus was needing, but he wanted to validate the message and the messenger. And it made me really start thinking about there are a lot of other things in God's word that Jesus put a priority on because he wanted to validate it. He wanted to change what the culture's message was, and he wanted to move it into a more relative, usable terminology and something that would be life-changing for many people. The word we use around here is the aspect of being life-giving, and that's what we believe God's called us to do. We do that from helping people to know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and go make a difference. Well, Jesus did the very similar things, and what I want to talk about today is one particular social issue that was prevalent in the world that Jesus came along, and in his word, he changed the game. In fact, it's one particular, just simple comment. Jesus validated women. Like where women were in the Old Testament and where women were called to be after Jesus' life was night and day. And I'm going to show you a little bit of that in John here in just a minute. But just to kind of get you on the same page, this is something that the culture had created, but it never was God's intention. You can look throughout all, I mean, all of God's word, and you can see the priority that God had put on women. From the creation of women, when Adam said, there's no one like me, and so God put him asleep and made woman. From the way that he used different women in the Old Testament, whether they were hiding some of the spies or whether it was something else, or whether it was the birthing of kings, or great analogy in Matthew, truth, how he used a woman. One of the prophecies in the Old Testament of Jesus' coming would be that he would be seed of a woman. The significance there is the fact that all of us are seed of man, but because of it was a virgin birth, he was seed of a woman. And even the fact of, of his resurrection, the first people that showed up on the scene that knew that Jesus had rose from the grave were women. They intentionally, throughout God's word, was trying to prioritize women and letting them know that the culture that was oppressing them, that God was taking the shackles off because he was calling ladies of God to do amazing things. And I believe that still happens in 2022. Unfortunately, in a lot of churches, it turns into a good old boy system. And I don't know why, because God calls all people. In fact, here's Here's what I want you to catch. God doesn't look at gender. He looks at humans. And he says, I've called all people. See, he calls you a people. He doesn't say, hey, men. Hey, he says, people. And that's what I want us to look at. And one of the stories in God's word that really hit me differently as I was studying it for the last few weeks that I never thought about it in the way that he validated women is in John chapter 4. You know it as the story of the woman at the well. But I just want to take you for just a quick journey in God's word. And I want you to listen carefully because I think at the end of this, all of us in the room are going to get a big dose of freedom. 
So if we can, let's turn to John chapter 4, and it's going to be amazing. The first scripture you're going to see is actually John chapter 4, verse 27. I want to validate this, this thesis that we're talking about and the fact that there was an uncommon issue when it came to ladies. Even the disciples had issues when it came to women because of the culture. We see this show up in this story at John chapter 4, verse 27. Just then his disciples came back. They marveled that he, being Jesus, was talking with a woman. But no one said, what do you seek or why do you talk with her? That's in the middle of the story, but I just want to make sure that you understand this is not something I'm making up. Now, I don't want to dwell on it a long time, but throughout God's word, you could see that in culture, there was this less than mentality. Now, this is not a, a movement. I'm not going to start burning bras up here or anything like that. This is an empowerment to let everybody in the room know that God has a purpose for you and God has something major for your life. Now, with that being said, the disciples come back. They see Jesus meeting with this woman, and they're scratching their head going, why, 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 is, he, why is he talking to a woman? Nobody dares say out loud what they were thinking, but there was an issue. Now, before we start beating up the disciples, let's go to the beginning of the story, because even the woman he was talking to had an issue. Go with me with John chapter 4, starting in verse 7. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Listen to what the Samaritan woman said. How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? There's two major concepts that's happening right here in God's word. There's an identity crisis as far as gender, but there's also a cultural crisis as far as nationality. The Jews were the pure race, the, the race that was God's chosen people. The Samaritans living in Samaria would have been a mix of Jew and Gentile. So it was not looked at as common for Jews to talk to Samarians. And it was also not looked at that a man would be talking to a woman. Jesus shows up on the scene and he immediately comes to this lady, asks her for a drink, she gets distracted in the cultural issues and misses out on what the real purpose was that was going on. That's key for you to understand. I believe in 2022, if you're not careful, you're going to miss out on what God's trying to tell you because you're getting consumed with cultural issues. You say, Mickey, what are those cultural issues? This isn't the time nor the place nor what I'd ever talk about on this stage. On this stage, we talk about God's word and what he's called us to do. You can figure out what the cultural issues are in 2022. But I'm going to tell you, the longer you focus on them, you're going to miss on what God's calling you to do in your life. Because God's not wanting you to fix cultural issues. God's calling you to change the culture. Does that make sense? You say, well, how do I change the culture? you got to deal with your own personal issues. Quit focusing on the cultural issues and deal with your issues. And then as you address those, you're going to find yourself changing the culture. Well, that's what he does with this woman. It's amazing how he addresses her. She's talking about, hey, why are you talking to me? I'm a woman and I'm from Samaria. And she's missing it. She's missing it so bad that Jesus addresses that question with giving her an answer. Let her know there was something bigger that is going on that she's missing. Listen to how he answers her. It's so good. Very next verse, verse 10. Jesus answered her, 
If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is speaking to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. See, Jesus is literally looking at this lady and says, you know what? You're asking the wrong question. You're wondering why I'm talking to you as a Jew to a Samaritan. You're wondering why I'm talking to you as a male to a female. You're asking the wrong, this isn't about gender, this isn't about nationality, this isn't about, if you knew who was talking to you, you would have went for the more and not settled for the less. You're getting consumed with the cultural issues that you're missing out on the human issue. You say, Mickey, what's the human issue? Every one of us needs a relationship with Jesus. We all have an eternal issue. And he says, you know what, if, you, if you'd have known, if you would have known who this was speaking to you, you would have said, give me something to drink, and I would have given you living water. Now, I'm not going to read the whole scripture that's after that, but she turns around and starts getting this debate, and like, hey, yes, sir, give me some of that, please. And he wants to take a moment, and he wants to give her a chance to, to move from, from getting off of these wrong questions as far as gender and nationality, and he wants to get to the heart of the matter. And so we're going to skip a few scriptures. It's not a lot. We're not going to miss the story or the purpose of his word, but turn with me just a little bit further to, chapter, to verse 16. In verse 15, he says, The woman said to him, Sir, give me the water so that I may not be thirsty or have to come here to draw any more. Because he was talking about this living water that would well up in you and you wouldn't be thirsty anymore. And she's like, mm, buddy, let me have some of that. Now, there's all kinds of pastors that they talk about this particular scripture and they immediately talk about her being there in the heat of the day and the social issues and she was embarrassed and that's why she went to the well in the heat of the day and so she was trying to help her own social need rather than an actual spiritual need. All those things are correct. But if you dwell on that long enough, you're going to miss what was really happening. Because listen to what he does. It's the very next verse, verse 16. You'll see it on the screen. Jesus said to her, she's asking for this water. Before Jesus gives her the water, he says to her, go call your husband and come here. And the woman answered her, answered him, I have no husband. And then Jesus said to her, how would you like to be this? You're right in saying that you do not have a husband. For you've had five husbands. And the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. Now, now I, I'm, I'm, I'm a human flawed guy. When I read that, I think of, I'm like, don't. <laughs> like, oh my God. Like, that's going to be like, you know what, I'm okay. I don't need water anymore. I'm leaving. Thank you. Like, he just read her mail. And we think about this as like, oh, my gosh. I mean, like, how embarrassing. But what you don't realize is, listen, this is the moment that Jesus validates her. See, we look at this scripture as, as Jesus calling her out. There you go. You need to have accountability. He's holding her accountable. No, no, he's not. What he's doing is he's validating her and letting her know. That despite what your skeleton in your closet is, I already know that, but I love you anyway. Despite what I already know about you, I chose to talk to you anyway. Despite who you are in your nationality and what you think of yourself, I chose to sit down and speak to you. 
I went to you to ask for water. I went for you to give me this. I tried to let you know there's living water. In fact, he, he doesn't belittle her. He actually uses this moment to validate her. And I'm going to share with you three things that he does to use this amazing. He lets her past her biggest nightmare to be the thing that he uses to validate her the most. You want me to show you how? Well, let's look at God's word. The first thing that he does, if we're going to skip a few more verses, is he turns to chapter 20, or verse 25. The woman said to him, because now that she realizes that he's like a prophet, or he's some, I know something's up. You just told me something. I don't know how you know this about me. And then listen to what he says. The woman says to her, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Now, what did Jesus just do to her? He just told her all things, right? And he looks at this woman and catch this. He says, I am he. Do you know that Jesus, at this point in his life, even with the disciples, he's doing the miraculous things. And you know what he's telling everybody? Tell nobody. Don't tell anybody. Don't let people know who I am. There's coming a time I'll let them know, but don't tell them. But with this woman, he says, hey, let me let you know a little secret. I am that Christ. He gives her the important information to be the carrier of the gospel to an amazing country. He takes what looks like as, oh my gosh, he read her mail. She has these skeletons in the closet. And he lets her know, you know what? I'm going to take what you think is your worst past, and I'm going to validate you through that, and I'm going to let you know who I am, and then we're going to use what you thought was a dark moment, and we're going to change the world. In fact, it's during this time the disciples show back up, and they're trying to figure out what's going on. The woman grabs her jar. She takes off running. And listen to what she says in verse 29. She goes back to her, her city, her country, and she says, Come and see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? See, all of a sudden, what was her, her skeleton, her secret that she didn't really want anybody to know about, all of a sudden now has become the crutch in which everything hinges. She goes back and she says, You've got to come see this guy who told me everything about me. She no longer is embarrassed about her past. She's now using that to leverage it to say, you, you just, you got to come meet this guy. Rabbit trail for a minute. Here's where the freedom comes in for all of us. I think sometimes in our life, it's the past that, boy, it, it, boy, it messes with us, doesn't it? Like we, like we try to talk to people and they, they start talking to us about different things and and, and there's, just, there's just a part of us that there's, they're like, yeah, I just, I just hope they don't ask me about blank. It may be a, a previous marriage. It may be a previous relationship. It may be a previous addiction. It may be a current situation. It may be a relationship. It may be relationships within your family. It, it may be at your work. It may be not finishing something that you started. It may be an education. It, may, it, it runs the gamut. Like if you're in here and you're breathing, then you know as well as I do, there is one area that's kind of your skeletons in the closet. You're like, 
Aha, I love you. This is great. But as soon as it gets to one particular moment in your life, you start to shut down because you're like, I don't want to talk about this. Because in that particular moment, you don't find freedom. You feel shame. You're afraid that somebody's going to look at you and go, oh, well, I mean, now that I know that, I, I don't. I don't know that we can, like, I can't talk to you. Like, we can't be friends. Like, oh, man, that, that, now that I know that, well, that, that, that changes everything. Like, you, like, I really thought you were a really great guy, but man, you did what? And because of that, we, we try to bury it, right? And we walk around with, like, these shackles because, because we never really truly divulge who we really are. We don't like to tell our story because we feel like our story is, is too ugly. And so we, we try to hide it, right? We hide it with different things. You know, I joke around about this, but we, you know, that, that's the great thing about social media, right? Because it, it's great. I mean, social media, it, it, everybody's having a great day. Everybody's at the beach. Everybody's doing great. Their hair's just right. The sun's hitting right. They've learned how to poke out their chin so they don't have multiple. They've sucked in their belly. They've got the right angle. I found out you don't take a picture down here. You take it up here. You know, you, you learn how to make it look better. Like, it's, it's not reality. It's a snapshot of something that looks close to reality. But how many of you have ever taken a picture and you got ready to post it on social media, and you said, hang on, before you post that, let me look at it. And then you say, oh, no, no, don't post that. That doesn't look like me. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't mean to laugh out loud right there. It's like standing in front of a mirror and going, man, that, who is that guy? That, that's you. <laughs> like that picture is you. You're like, well, it doesn't look like me. Well, maybe you ain't looked at yourself lately, but that, that's you. That, like, that really is you. And maybe without the filters and maybe without the different angles and maybe without the different little things. I mean, I mean, now everything's changed, right? In the 80s, we called it glamour photos. Those are fun, aren't they? You're like, what, what are you doing? I got a great picture. That doesn't look like you. That, that's not even, well, they, it's glamour. Now they're filters, right? That's what Jesus is doing with this woman. He's trying to take what she believes is her worst moment, and he's trying to let her drop the shackles off and realize that, that his worst day or her worst day can be God's greatest day. And here's how it shows up. I love this. There's a little bit of debate that goes on, and we're not going to read that, but we're going to skip down to verse 29. Or verse 39. Many Samaritans from that town believed in him. And if you have a paper Bible, underline these words. Because of the woman's testimony. You say, well, what was that testimony? Well, it tells you. He told me all that I ever did. See, this woman went from hiding to embracing. And she went out and she started saying, you know what? You got to come see this guy. He's told me everything. Like, even the stuff I told you that I'm not going to tell anybody, like, he told me that. Well, did you share with him? No, I didn't. He just started telling me. 
Could he be the Christ? You got to come and see. Come and see this guy. He, is, he has told me the things that I don't tell anybody. And all of a sudden it says, many believe because of her testimony. And her testimony wasn't, oh, I ran into this Jesus and it was amazing and he was talking about living water and he was talking about this well and I asked him, well, how are you going to draw water? You don't have anything to draw it with. And he said, well, if you'd have known who was asking you, I would give you living water and it would well up in you and you'd never come to this well again. And I asked him about this Christ and he told me he was the Christ and I, so I came to tell you, like, you need to come see this. That's not what she said. The only thing that she said was come and see the man that told me my darkest secrets. Come and see the man that told me the thing that I didn't tell anybody. And just when you think it's the climax of the story, it goes one more step. Starts in verse 40. So when the Samaritans came to him, being Jesus, they asked him, Jesus, to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his, Jesus' word. They said to the woman, catch this, moms, listen to these words. It is no longer because of what you said that we believe. For we have heard for ourselves, and we know this is indeed the Savior of the world. See, he takes a woman... He validates her, not by building her up and all the warm fuzzies. He validates her by letting her know there's not anything that you have done that would make me love you less. In fact, I will take what you think is your worst moment, and I will leverage your worst moment to change a whole region. And I'm going to tell you what you've done. Not because I'm condemning you, because I'm letting you know it's okay. I'm the Christ, and I still love you. No matter what you've done, there's forgiveness. No matter what you've done, there's grace. And all of a sudden, she's so excited because it's like the weights have fallen off, right? So she's going around now, and rather than being embarrassed, she's like, come and see the guy that's told me everything, even the things I didn't want to talk about. And they all start coming and seeing and they start believing and then the whole thing shifts because they go, you know what? We don't believe any longer because of what she said. We now believe because of what we have experienced. You say, Mickey, why do you talk about that today on Mother's Day? Like that's kind of a, you know, woman at the well and multiple marriages and in an adulterous relationship. Like, wow, that's kind of a, like for a Mother's Day message, is that, listen to me. Today, more than anything, I want you whether you're a female or a male, whether you're a mom, dad, or a child, wherever you're at in this gamut, I want you to leave today validated. I want you to know that despite what your past may be, God has a way of leveraging your past for other people's future. Moms in the room, listen to me. You think that your kids are celebrating you today because, because they think you're perfect. But you know as well as I do, they've seen you at your worst moment. And you know why they think you're great? It's because you've never let it stop you. Being a mom is not about 
Proverbs 31. Being a mom is about, sometimes it, it's, it's harder than heck. I think that's the word I'm supposed to use. Sometimes things aren't going your way. Sometimes you've done everything right, and yet things are still not coming out the way that you want them to come out. In fact, in your life, the greatest testimony you have to your children is not that you've always done it the right way. It's the fact that despite even some of your own choices, look at what God has done with my life and how he has blessed me and given me the ability through forgiveness to go get everything he's ever wanted in my life. Like I think sometimes as a mother, we, we think that we have to, like dads, I don't know how we got off the hook. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, you're a dad, you're an idiot. Yeah, but moms, they got to be like, oh, hey, I never lose my temper. I never do anything wrong. I'm like, you know, it's just, oh, mom is great. But listen to me. Mom's in the room. It's okay to be human. It's okay to have a past. It's okay to have a skeleton in the closet. Today, I'm not going to read your mail. I, I didn't say, okay, and because of that, I prepared some stuff, just so you'll know. Let me tell you a little bit about Amy Lou. Well, you know, okay. let me tell you, my mother's in the room. Let me tell you a little bit about my mom. She's like, and that's the last Mother's Day I ever came to you, son. <laughs> Listen to me. Your story doesn't disqualify you. Your story is what empowers us. The more human you become, the more realistic hope is in your children's life. I'm not giving you an excuse to go out here and do whatever in the world you want to do. I'm not telling you to run from obedience to Christ. What I am telling you is, is don't buy into the lie that the culture's trying to create that you've got some image that you've got to keep up with. We all know that being a human in this life is tough. And we all know that everybody has made mistakes. And we all know that everybody has things in their past that they're not really excited about. They don't want to run around and talk about it. Like today at Mother's Day lunch, you don't want to sit there and go, hey, Mom, Pastor Mickey talked about the past. What's yours? Like, I think this would be a great time for you to share. What is your skeleton in the closet that you really don't want anybody to know, including Dad? I mean, really? Like, that's not the conversation today, right? But listen to me. Quit letting your past disqualify you from your present and your future. It's okay. The great thing about that message is it fits all of us. See, just like Jesus went to that woman and said, look, you're asking the wrong question. This isn't about gender. This isn't about nationality. It's about human. And it today isn't about just being a mom. If you're breathing, then you probably have things in your life that you're not really excited about. It's high time to put those things to bed and leverage those things so other people will know who Jesus really is. If you're encouraged by today's podcast and would like to hear more messages, visit us at crossroadscommunitychurch.com.